Welcome to the Tape Library. Tonight I have five more real-life tales of the paranormal to share with you. These cases are all told in the words of those who experienced them. Whatever you choose to believe, those encounters were very real for these witnesses. I'm always astonished by the sheer amount of paranormal experiences people seem to experience across the globe on a near daily basis. So I'm curious, how many of my listeners have experienced something? You don't need to go into details, but I'd love it if you could leave a comment below just telling me if you've ever had an experience yourself, or if you've never seen anything that you would consider unexplainable. Okay, let's get straight into it with our first case. Case 1. The Horseshoe Effect for context, I am a native of a Southeast Asian country that tends to be superstitious and generally has high paranormal activity due to our history. When I was younger, I was more sensitive towards the paranormal and was able to see what I now know as shadow people. I have had two notable instances with them. One was when my mum and I were coming home late after a night out. She drove into the high-rise car park building when I saw what looked like a shadow, vaguely shaped like a man, lurking near one of the other cars. It did not have any defined features, although it was tall as an adult man. The shadow figure did not come near us. However, it followed my mum and I from a distance, all the way back to our house. That was my first time encountering such a thing and I did not tell my mum immediately, although she sensed my fear. I thought that we would lose it on the way home and did not want to scare her. However, it followed us right into our apartment. The next few days I would see the shadow figure peeking at me from around corners, standing in doorways and generally just loitering around my house. Although it did not come near me or give me nightmares, its presence made me uncomfortable and I eventually told my parents what happened. Thankfully they knew someone who came to our house to get rid of it. Before leaving the person hammered a used horseshoe above our front door, as according to them, it would help to ward off spirits and entities. Honestly, I was sceptical of it, but was grateful that the shadow figure was no longer around me. This is where my second notable encounter with a shadow figure comes into play. Late at night after a New Year celebration, my parents and I were driving home after a family reunion. We were carrying leftovers and uncooked meat from the party, and intended to store it. Once again as we reached a car park, I saw a shadow figure this time near the stairs. As we did not go near it, I hoped we could avoid it. Unfortunately, as we got out of the car, the shadow figure came towards us and felt more threatening than my first encounter. My guess is that it was attracted to the meat smell. Once again it followed us all the way to our house. However, as I neared my front door it slowed down 
it did not pass through my gate like before. Instead, I saw it head towards my neighbor's door and pass right through it. Shocked, I told my parents what I saw and we went to bed feeling unsettled. The next day, my mum spoke to our neighbor that the shadow person targeted. We learned that their baby, who usually sleeps relatively well, was restless that night and was crying. My mum relayed the events that happened, and from what I know, they got their house blessed. It's been years and I have moved houses since those incidents. Despite that, I have a horseshoe above my door as I literally saw its effects regarding spiritual safety. I have not had any entities in my house ever since. I hope this helps anyone going through something similar. If you enjoy these real life ghost stories, then you can support the tape library simply by subscribing. I'd also massively appreciate it if you shared this episode with any friends or family that you think might enjoy it. I really enjoy bringing you these stories and hope I can continue doing so for a very, very long time with your support. Thank you. Now, let's get into case number two. This witness is looking for some advice on how to deal with their friendly workplace ghost. So I'm looking for a bit of advice. To clarify, I work in the laundry room of a nursing home in my town that was built sometime in the 1940s, I think. I was a replacement for my best friend's grandmother. My best friend's aunt is my boss. I started having experiences when I was done with my training and was left alone to do my job. It started out as small things. I like to keep the doors to the washer and dryer room closed because I don't like having distractions, so I was completely closed off from everybody. People leave me alone, so I know it wasn't anybody messing with me. It started out with me standing in the dryer room folding sheets or something and I saw someone walk across the washer room but I would have heard the door open I looked up and nobody was there another time I was in the washer room the two were connected by a door we keep open and the door to the dryer room just opened on its own and then slammed shut I ran to the room and pulled the door open looked to my right into the maintenance room where extra furniture, old clothes, my manager's desk, housekeeping carts and other supplies are kept. And there was nobody in there. There was also nobody on the other side of the hall leading out to the halls where the residents live. It couldn't have been the residents messing with me because you have to put in a five digit code to open the door to the back where the break room, kitchen, maintenance room and laundry rooms were. All the other housekeeping and kitchen staff had gone home for the night. Things started to escalate and the ghosts would mess with the machines in the laundry rooms. 
It would make the dryers turn off, and it would affect the washers, they wouldn't start. We have issues with them anyway since they're old. But I'd talk out loud and ask the ghost to please stop messing with my machines, and they'd suddenly go back to normal. I quickly found out that if I said hi to the ghost, who I've affectionately named Gale, when I first walked in, they'll leave my machines alone. But if I forgot, a ton of different things happened. I don't sense any malicious intent from Gale, which is a relief since I've had a lot of malicious ghosts that went after me in houses I used to live in when I was a child. Gale hasn't tried to follow me home, and I'm okay with them hanging around. I don't know their gender or their actual name. They don't seem to mind the name I chose for them, and I'll talk out loud to them because I get the feeling they're just lonely. I told them I'm perfectly okay if they hang around. Sometimes they get playful and will do things to scare me, and I just let them know they're freaking me out and ask them to stop, and they will. Just today, I stayed late at work to finish up some closing stuff, and my back was really hurting, so I lay down on the floor to pop my back and allow my back to rest for a minute. I looked up at the ceiling, and from behind my head, I can see the figure of someone standing over me. But it was gone when I looked. I just told Gail that I was okay and that my back was just hurting. They don't normally get that close to me. One time a couple of weeks ago, Gail got mad that I didn't say hi to them. and They shoved my laundry cart across the room when I wasn't even near it. And a draft from the vent wouldn't be strong enough to push those carts. I guess the advice I'm asking for is how to figure out Gail's real name and gender without involving a Ouija board or anything similar like that. I personally don't like using them, since paranormal activity has always been prevalent in my life. I've been scratched and bruised, had things thrown across the room at me, and had the life scared out of me by ghosts in the past. Gale hasn't done anything to physically harm me, and he just seems to play small pranks. They seem to like it when I talk to them, I want to know their real name and gender, but I don't know how to go about it. Any advice would be extremely helpful, and I appreciate any you guys are willing to give. Thanks in advance. If you would like to give this witness some advice, you can find links to the original posts below. If you have had an unexplainable experience, then I'd love to hear more about it. You can find my email in the description below. I try to read out everything I get sent, so please do get in touch if you have a story you'd like to share on the tape library. Okay, time for case number three. When my mother was a little girl, she spent her early years in a remote area of Mexico. No electricity, no running water, and definitely no air conditioning. Due to so many people living in one small house, it wasn't uncommon for her and a few of her siblings to sleep on the porch. Yes, you heard that right. 
They slept on pallets outside. She recalls it was actually much cooler some nights on the porch than it was in the house. The porch had a screen that my grandfather installed, and he also built their house by his own hand. The closest neighbour was miles away, so from my understanding, the house was pretty much in the middle of nowhere. Now this is where the ghost story begins. My mum and three of her other siblings were the lucky ones who got to sleep outside every night. They never had any problems or fears until the night the baker boy began to come around. A small child with golden curls dressed in white baking attire, wearing a mask that was a real skinned pig. He would walk in circles around the house, reciting a certain phrase that my mum never really understood, because it wasn't in Spanish or English. At first they were scared, but over time they grew to appreciate his presence. It was almost as if he were walking around the house to protect them from whatever fate had maybe happened to him. They never knew who he was, or if he was even real, just that they would all see him. My grandpa never believed them, and assumed they were all making it up to come inside the house, but they swore they weren't. It wasn't until over time an outline of his path began to show up around the house. Needless to say, they didn't stay in that house much longer and moved before they eventually made it to the States. The strangest part is that before my grandpa died, he told my mum he had finally seen him. The blonde boy with the pig mask. Two more tales tonight, but there's lots more on the way in the near future. Here is case number four. A little backstory on my Maymore. She was in the sixth grade when she left school to go to work cleaning, basically a maid, for a rich family that lived in Williamson. She was raised hard, but was the best woman I've ever known. She instilled in me honesty, work ethic, and many other wonderful things. She left me in 2016, and I miss her. Here's a little piece of her and other mountain peoples for you. This story was told in our family when I was growing up. It used to scare me so bad. Anyway, my Maymore swore it was the truth. She was not known to tell lies. And I should know because it was just me and her when I was growing up. Anyway, she was born and raised in a very rural and poor area of West Virginia. Her and her seven or eight brothers and sisters were very poor. Because of this, and because it was what many country people did, her father raised a garden. Now my mamor nearly idolised her father, and would go with him the distance from their house to the garden spot. This required that they push a wagon with wooden wheels past their neighbour's house. My mamor was terrified of the old woman that lived beside them. Mamor said she called her Aunt Kate 
She was older and apparently had cataracts because Mamor said her eyes were white. Mamor said this particular summer was extremely hot and that she and her father had spent a good bit of time at the garden tending the vegetables and picking what was ready. As they pushed this big wagon up and in front of Aunt Kate's house, the old woman came out and yelled, Harrison, that's my great-grandfather's name, give me some of them beans you got there. My great-grandfather responded, Kate, we worked hard for them beans, and we ain't giving them away. The old woman laughed, and said they would regret their decision. The two proceeded up the hill to their home, and went about chores and other required duties. Mamor said that she thought nothing more of it until it was time to sleep. According to my Mamor, with so many kids, some shared the bed and some on the floor, where they slept with minimal coverings. Mamor said she was drifting off to sleep when she heard someone, or something, walk towards the room where she was sleeping. Knowing the sounds of the home, she did not recognise who or what it could be. Mamor always talked about how her father would tell them stories to scare them into being good. Due to this, she was very easily scared. As the walking got closer, she reported covering her head and laying still, terrified of who or what was standing in the doorway. Mamor reported that whatever it was would turn and walk out of the room and back down the hallway all night long. Mamor said she lay there all night, terrified and scared to take her head out from under the blankets. The next morning as the sun arose, the thing stopped. She stated that she then heard the familiar sound of her father moving quickly to dress. Once she bolstered enough bravery, she immediately darted down the hallway and into the kitchen where her father was placing green beans into a sack. The two did not speak, but walked quickly out of the door and down the hill to Aunt Kate's house with the sack full of beans. Mamor said old Aunt Kate was already out, sitting on her porch, as if waiting for them to arrive. Her father said, Old woman, take your booger back, which is an Appalachian term for spirit or demon. And Aunt Kate started laughing and telling them, Don't worry, Harrison, it won't bother you no more. Mamor told other things that Aunt Kate did that alluded to her being someone familiar with the dark side. Mamor was a very honest Christian lady. Like I had to go to church every time the doors were open and I never remember a time when I caught her in a lie or even heard her curse and she swore. Case number five. I will start with a little background. I grew up as an only child. My parents had my sister when I was 11. Before she was born, my dad rebuilt our bungalow into a huge two-story house. Hence, no one had died in my new bedroom. Now on to my experiences. The ages are round estimates. I'm mid-twenties now, but when I was around seven, I started getting nightmares about the concept of death. I would wake in the middle of the night, crying for weeks on end. 
and then it would stop for a while before starting again. By the age of about 10, this developed into a feeling of being watched, being unable to sleep, and being convinced that something, not someone, something, was watching me from a specific corner of my room. My new room. The one my dad built. My dad eventually ripped that section of wall out to show me that there was a space there. I don't remember why, but there was a space all the way around the upstairs. He tried to turn it into a fun den area for me, but I hated it and I wouldn't go in there. This continued when I was about 12 and I got my first smartphone. The iPhone was my dad's old one, but it worked fine. That was until it got dark outside and the phone would start typing random letters when I was texting someone or typing. This only ever happened in my bedroom. As soon as I went out of the room, it stopped. I told my dad and he said it must be damaged. And he bought me a new one for my 13th. He believes in ghosts, but couldn't explain what was happening in that room he built. The new phone did the same thing. I thought I was going mad. I bought some spell candles from a witchcraft museum when we went on holiday. I was around 14. I used them to politely ask whoever or whatever was there to please leave the house peacefully. This worked and I was perfectly okay in that room again. I slept fine and my phones were all fine as I upgraded and got new ones. I moved out when I was 20. I went to visit my parents and stayed the night in my old room. Whatever was there when I was a child is back there. The same corner, the same feeling, the same dark energy, the same creature. Except now I have an image of it burnt into my memory despite never actually seeing it. It's a dark creature. It has some type of human shape, but very muscular. And it crawls around on all fours. Legs bent behind it. Almost wolfish, but without a snout. It snarls and glares. Dark red eyes with big black pupils. It has horns as well. Big horns, curved back over its head. Some type of red tinge to it, but I can't identify where it comes from. There you go, that's my story. Believe me or don't, it doesn't matter to me. But I don't go in that room anymore when I see my parents. Not even in the daytime. That's all for tonight. I've got plenty more real-life tales of the paranormal and some deep dives into famous hauntings coming up very soon. So please subscribe if you haven't already. Until next time, pleasant dreams.